topic is I call upon all true believers in our Lord Jesus Christ to endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace and I'll be taking the scripture verses from the King James Version Bible and I'll be starting shortly in the next Two minutes. I'll give persons enough time. To gather whatever is required. So. I would like to say that I am a true church unity zealot and I am for genuine Christian unity which is God ordained and that type of unity brethren all true christians are admonished by jesus christ to maintain as ephesians chapter 4 verse 3 to 13 states on the other hand and contrary to the god ordained position members of the body of christ are being asked to participate in the creation of a unity based upon expediency now such unity i know must end in calamity for unity that is not based upon truth must fail while that based upon truth will ultimately prevail now brethren Never be ashamed to be aligned to the minority. For the notion that the voice of the people is the voice of God is not a biblical fact. And for scriptural evidence, there is no lack. Brethren, when Israel was delivered from Pharaoh's bondage, the voice of the people cried out to return. Was the voice of the people then the voice of God? And when Moses sent out the spies to spy out the land of Canaan, we all know that 10 of the 12 brought back an evil report that was believed by the majority in the camp. I asked again, was the voice of the people then the voice of God? Moreover, when in the days just after the flood, the people under Nimrod with one accord decided to establish a centralized commune diametrically opposed to the plan of God. I asked 
the question again. Was the voice of the people then the voice of God? We all know by now otherwise. Now, based on the references I mentioned, we all know that the unity will only be ultimately beneficial if that unity is based upon truth. Brethren, are you afraid of being marginalized? Are you afraid of being in a minority? Have you forgotten that only eight souls were saved during the flood of Noah's day? And only three from Sodom and Gomorrah? What do these incidents teach us? Nothing? I hope not. If nothing else, they let us know in no uncertain terms that God will only sustain what he has ordained. As a consequence of the above, I now call upon all true believers in our Lord Jesus Christ to endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Let us heed the admonition of Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 1 to 3 and allow the fivefold ministry of Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 to operate in the body of Christ so that we may with one mind and one mouth glorify God even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, as Romans chapter 15, verse 16 states. Moreover, the beloved Apostle Paul, the teacher of the Gentiles, beseeched us that we all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among us, but that we be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. This is taken, well, I paraphrased it, but it's taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. And time saints, in our quest to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace, as Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3 states, till we all come in the unity of the faith, we will do well to remember that we must always support the weak, as 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14 states. But we must never forget that we are likewise warned against compromising with error. In this regard, the Apostle Paul's warning to the church in Rome is indeed relevant, and the warning follows. I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have received, and avoid them. That's Romans chapter 16, verse 17. Brethren, the apostle to the Gentiles never said, unite with them, for he knew that a little leaven would have leavened the whole lump. Therefore he further warned us to come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17 to 18. 
Now, this being so, brethren, we should always strive to maintain the God-ordained unity that was bequeathed to us by first century apostolic ministries as Jude chapter 1 verse 3 or 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 2 states. We must never strive to create a new unity for that must end in calamity. Neither should we ever forget that the unity that Jesus Christ prayed for was a word of God-oriented one. In this regard, Jesus said, I have given them thy word, and the world hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. That's John chapter 17, verse 14. Moreover, he continued, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. That is taken from John chapter 17, verse 17. And on the said team, the Apostle Paul said, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 to 27. So based on the verses and the scriptures that I mentioned, brethren, there can be no doubt whatsoever that the unity Jesus prayed for and the one the apostles and martyrs gave their lives for is a word of God-based unity. This was to be maintained by the sanctifying power of the word of God in the lives of the believers as John chapter 17 verse 17 or Romans chapter 6 verse 17 to 18 states. This being so, brethren, I call upon all of us to rally around the truth of God, even his word. For when the truth of God is the dominant force in the believer's life, the fruit of that indwelling reigning word will be manifested in benevolent acts of loving kindness towards each other. Then and only then will we convince the world that we are Jesus' disciples. In time saints, God is truly a God of unity and he is actively working by his spirit. His revealed word and by the gifts Jesus gave to his church to establish and maintain that unity as Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 to 15 states. But God is not the only one interested in a unity plan. Satan also has his own. Moreover, he is working over time to establish his unity plan since he knows that he has but a short time in which to make a stand. And although at this time he might be attracting many to his camp, as Revelation chapter 17 verse 1 to 15 indicates, notwithstanding his apparent success, 
Revelation chapter 18 from verse 1 to 24 have a pre-recorded version of the eulogy of those who choose to unite with Satan. As I close, brethren, I make a final appeal to all true believers in Christ. Let us endeavor always to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Let us all allow Him to shed His love in our hearts so that our loving relationship with each other would convince the world that we are truly His disciples. Moreover, brethren, let us all allow the gifts that He has given to His church to function. Till we all come in the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, as Ephesians chapter 4 verse 13 states. And the blessed result will be that we all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among us, but that we be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment as 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10 states. Yes, saints of God, true Christian unity is desirable and sustainable. But never forget that the God-ordained plan for true Christian unity is based upon the following God-ordained principle. I a one a unity established by the presence of the indwelling holy spirit as stated in first corinthians chapter 6 verse 17 and first corinthians chapter 12 verse 13 and number two a unity that is manifested by the fruit of the spirit as john chapter 13 verse 34 to 35 states 1 John chapter 3, verse 14 to 17 states. And lastly, but by no means the least. Three, a unity that is based upon the truth of the Spirit, even upon the written word of God, as Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13 states. Yes, beloved brethren. Even as God who is one is triune according to 1 John chapter 5 verse 7, even so true Christian unity is three-dimensional. So that's the end of my segment today. Please be safe and have a productive week and I will be live next week again. So bye for now and remember that Jesus Christ loves you.